Hi folks and welcome to the Muso Trade podcast. This is episode 2. My name is Chris and I'm the founder of Muso Trade. What exactly is the Muso Trade podcast? Well, it's a forum where I'll be interviewing artists and showcasing their music as well as talking to music business insiders. The podcast is going to be monthly, uh, again to every other week uh, with more people signing up to the website. So therefore, we have more guests to talk to. Today I'll be talking to a good friend of mine called Jordan Sims, who's in a fantastic hard rock metal band called Chemical Mojo based in Birmingham. And I've known Jordan for quite a while now, so uh, if there's a little bit of banter going on then uh, that's that's the reason why. Um, Chemical Mojo are the first band to sign up to Muso Trade, so thank you very much for that gents and you can find their great music on uh, musotrade.com slash chemicalmojo. You can also hear a track in the background as I'm talking now. So what we're going to do is have a bit of a chat about his band as well as their first EP which is featured on their page on Musotrade called Just The Tip and I'm going to be playing a couple of tracks for your enjoyment. So sit back, relax, grab a tea or coffee or whatever you have at hand and enjoy the first proper episode of the Muso Trade podcast. And welcoming Jordan from Chemical Mojo to the Muso Trade podcast. Hey, Jordan, how's it going, man? Pretty good, mate. How are you? Not bad, not bad at all. I just yes. explained to the listeners that uh, we knew each other pretty well, so that's that's pretty cool. So if there's yeah. plenty of banter that goes on, that's the reason why. Yes. So Chemical Mojo, tell us how the band formed. Okay, um, it's pretty long-winded, but it's a, it's a good story. So I was a little kid, pretty much, about 14, and I was in a band with my brother, who's a little bit older, and we were basically gigging around the UK trying to sneak into pubs and clubs pretending we were a lot older than we were um, and we used to support a band called Rattlesnake Remedy so they were kind of like uh, Guns N' Roses meets um, Aerosmith but they were wicked really good original band and their two guitarists the rhythm and the lead were Mark and Ben who are the singers in Chemical Mojo and the guitarists so um, we used to gig with them and we looked up to them they were like our, uh, our idols and then years go by, different bands happen, but they still stay as Rattlesnake Remedy. Me, obviously, being young and my brother being young, we kind of floated in between bands. So we ended up forming another band, which was kind of like an, an 80s sleaze band um, called Redline Rebellion, which was highly embarrassing, but loads of fun. I've seen so the we, pictures. I've seen the pictures I, of, your, uh, of your barnet around that time, man. Great, wasn't it? Oh, it's pretty bad. Sky high, man. So, so, yeah, we used to do that. And we ended up going from just supporting um, Rattlesnake Remedy to being mates, drinking buddies. We'd all go to the same pub because it was pretty much our local. Um, we'd just get extremely drunk, uh, play some pool, you know, but we never jammed. And then and then they kind of took a break for a bit, Rattlesnake Remedy did. And, and I joined another band called Jester, which is where you know me from. Yeah. So... Jester did really well and we kind of like paved the way while Rattlesnake were kind of quiet but it was very much different to what I'd done before so it's very kind of um like kind of I don't know like 
really consumer based so it was more like Foo Fighters type music so it's very commercial um, compared to what I was doing before but it worked really well um, and by this point Rattlesnake Remedy had rebranded as a band called Kaduga um, and they took on this kind of like darker edge so it wasn't really sleazy sort of Guns N' Roses anymore it's quite dark quite grungy but um, I don't think the guys were feeling it like some of the bandmates so they disbanded unfortunately my band disbanded Jester so we were all doing nothing. Um, ben, the guitarist from Rattlesnake, ended up doing like hip hop acoustic stuff, cool. which is completely different. Um, Mark kind of sat in his room and just wrote a load of really dark sort of songs. Um, but he kind of went off and had a family. Um, and me and me and my brother and my bass player Tom, who's also in Kamakamojo, started doing like just function bands stuff like that, keeping us going, keeping us playing. And then Mark and Ben decided to hook up with Tom and were like, we want to start this and sent him some songs. And uh, they ended up getting in touch with me and it was so it started about two years ago. Sound. Yeah. So would you, how would you describe the sound of Chemical Mojo? Um, oh, that's a good one. It's, it, it's a mix of everything. So we've got some really dirty, dirty guitarists. It's very groove based. It's very influenced by... Um, by certain smoking products, shall I say? It's very, it's basically very doom based. I'd, I'd liken it to, it's got that Seattle sort of grunge, but it's also got quite metal roots. So it's you know a mixture of like Sabbath and Down and stuff like that. So there's loads of groove, loads of harmonies. So yeah. And dare I mention the name Alice in Chains? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think you you probably heard it before. Yeah, a few times. Um, I think uh, Alice in Chains. I'm not going to lie; is probably one of my favourite bands. Um, I absolutely love them. But I think the difference is, is we probably do take a little bit of influence. Um, it's not intentional. We never set out to kind of sound similar. I, I, but I think what makes us sound similar is the fact that we do dual harmonies. But Unlike Chains, who do dual harmonies in parts of their songs, we have dual harmonies throughout. And that's only because um, at the, the time, um, Mark had never fronted a band as a singer before. Um, ben had with his solo stuff. So they were like, let's just do it together, see how it sounds. You know, because I don't think they were ultimately 100% confident fronting as like single vocalists. So I did it together and it just sounded wicked. Sounded cool. So we, uh, we thought we'd carry it on. Nice one. And Alice in Chains, man, Sean Kinney, one of the most underrated drummers in the world. Absolutely unbelievable. Or, or, do you know, I watched um, I watched a, a little YouTube clip of him once, and they were asking who his most, um, his most inspirational drummers were, and he, he kind of was just like, I hate flashy drummers. He was like, I, I get inspired by a drummer who knows how to make a song sound good by just playing what needs to be played, and that's completely my ethos as well. So you don't go spinning sticks and stuff. The drum kit doesn't rotate over the audience and all that sort of thing at your shows, no? Not anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. The sticks stay firmly in my hand. And Birmingham, we could tell by your accent that you're a Brummie. Yeah. What's the metal scene like in Birmingham these days? Because, of course, it is the birthplace of heavy metal. Do you know what? It's really, really, like, segregated. So each... Each genre has their own fan base. It's not like um, it, I, what I find anyway. It's not like like um, fans of one band will go, 
oh my god this is slightly different but i love that i'll go and see that people don't go out anymore just to check out bands they'll only go to see their favorite bands or their friends bands or so it's, it's very segregated so the metal scene is still very underground in in brum so it's not massive i mean what's massive at the moment in birmingham is garage band sort of stuff so um like that like that nirvana-esque sort of band so you've got um bands like um goddamn who are absolutely unbelievable uh they're doing really really well at the moment um so it's like they, they were i think they were originally a two-piece and i think they've added someone on for their tours at the moment but yeah they're wicked and then you've got um you've got bands like uh youth band they're, they're a lot i'd say they're more punk than garage band but they're very raw and they're wicked as well so it's it's more that at the moment the metal scene is kind of underground but i think it it just needs that kind of push and then it will be back yeah well let's talk about your first ep of chemical mojo's uh first ep just the tip which is available now listener on musotrade.com slash chemical mojo or one word where they can buy it they get a first free listen of it how good is that what a bargain wicked so tell us about the recording of just the tip how long did it last where did you record it how long did it take to write okay so uh we kind of had the songs pre-written um like i said mark kind of did his own thing he was kind of just sitting in in his house kind of just writing i think it was all the uh the 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 pent-up frustration of not being able to play in a band anymore um obviously because his band had, had kind of finished um, so he just wrote all these really dark riffs, man, and he had these like he had lyric ideas over them. So when me and Tom joined, they already had parts of songs done. So it took us about six months to get all of the songs ready for recording. Um, and then we were kind of just like, we weren't even meant to go into the studio. We were meant to just demo the tracks at um, a university that's close to us that Tom was going to at the time. Um, but they kept messing us about. Um, and they wouldn't give us like the studio on certain days for demos. So I just phoned up, um, I phoned up the lads and I was like, well, an old band that I was in recorded at this wicked place called the Priory Studios in Sutton. And it's basically an old analog recording studio. Nice. Uh, yeah, it's wicked. So like, um, and the guy that owns it, Greg, absolute legend. So we, we kind of, we, we phoned him up and, um, surprisingly he had a cancellation for one week and it was something like two or three weeks away from when we asked so we kind of just jumped at a chance and we did that it took us three days to record everything um yeah so me and tom have been in a well yeah we've been playing together as a rhythm section drum and bass for about 10 years like um so we're pretty tight and i've never played with anyone where we kind of know what we're going to do before we do it so me and Tom, we, we've always kind of jailed like that. So when we went into the recording process, we set the drums up, set the bass amp up in a different room. And uh, and because me and Tom have both worked with uh, Greg before, he was like, I tell you what, do you want to record together at the same time? Cool. So instead of using a guide track, I used Tom, Tom played bass and I just played over and we just recorded both. So drums and bass were done at the same time. And then... All we had to do then were two guitars, two vocals, just multi-track whatever we needed to, and it was done. But um, it was a wicked process. We had a great three days. So, uh, yeah, that was done. Oh, God, it was around Feb time, I think. And then we just waited on for the Masters then. But, yeah, it really didn't take that long. I'd say the whole process was probably a month. Cool. Yeah. That's good going. 
But it took it took longer to figure out the uh, the name of the EP. To be fair, <laughs> that, that's another story. <laughs> well, we're going to play a um, a track from uh, Just the Tip, and this track is called "Got the Taste." <laughs> Yes. 
Nice one, George. Well, that was a happy little ditty. Thank you, mate. It's, uh, it's an upbeat tune, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, what's the band working on right now? Right now, we're working on EP number two. So, we've got a few songs done. Um, and that, to be fair, they're sounding a lot different to the first EP. I think that's just because this is the first one we're recording or writing as a, a four piece instead of bits of inspiration coming in from one person. So, it's a. Uh, yeah, that's what we're doing. So we're doing the new EP, which we're hoping to record probably in a few months. We're just finalising the last few tunes. We've demoed some of the songs at some gigs and they've gone down really well, which is good. So, yeah, we're looking at that and possibly trying to get... We've done a load of live video footage, which we're, we're doing at the moment. And then we're going to hopefully get another video for that song, Got the Taste. Oh, nice one. Yeah, so a few things lined up. A few things going. Yeah. So, um, but what about plans for the future after EP number two? What kind of, what things are you guys looking to, to sort of do and achieve apart from world domination, of course? Do you know what? We, we're just looking at securing ourselves and securing a fan base, um, which is partly why, you know, we've teamed up with, with you guys at Musotrade. We, you know, we really, we really want to kind of get our music out of, Birmingham and the UK and you know and try and expand it and to be fair I mean we've we're on you know we're on other streaming sites but <laughs> don't mention any names man I'll, I'll, no, I don't I want to get in but, trouble <laughs> no <laughs> we're on other streaming sites but this one makes sense to us you know it's very personal oh, and thanks, I really man. like that I know but it's true I, th I don't think you know we've I, I use streaming sites and stuff to listen to other bands but it's it's very kind of it's very one-sided it's kind of like your just in the in the background, just looking and listening. Whereas Muso tried for me, kind of you get like personal interaction with the with the artist. You know, you can get you can go on there and you can kind of just like you can listen and buy. And it it looks to me like you can actually interact with the artist as well, which is really nice. So, oh sweet man, I'm really touch. You're looking for free months, aren't you? That's what you're Pretty looking much. for, really. Just give me as many freebies as I can have. <laughs> I want a keychain. I want stickers. <laughs> I've got to make him up yet. <laughs> so you've mentioned um, a couple of bands in Birmingham. Um, mm. What new bands do you like? What what sort of bands should we be looking out for? Oh, do you know what? It's a tough one because um, if you're looking at people, are you looking at people that I like or are you looking at people in Brum? Bit of both. Okay, people I like. that the, the band itself, we've very much kind of been a in a bit of a uh, a time warp so we we were influenced by the older generation of music anyway because we're all kind of older guys right um so the only things that we can recommend that we listen to are things that are already out like you know um for instance like tom if tom was on this podcast the bass player he would literally be telling you to listen to every prince album there is <laughs> <laughs> if it was ben He's well into his hip hop, man, it, which is it's quite strange, but it works well. So, you know, he would be saying like Civil Wars and people like that. Uh, Mark is stuck in Pantera mode. Full <laughs> on I'm, Pantera. Full, full on Pantera mode, yeah, anything like that. Uh, Machine Head, you know, Mastodon. Um, me, it's very much, as I said, like Seattle scenes. So I love Soundgarden, Alice in Chains. <clears throat> Although, for the last two weeks, I've literally just been living off extreme. So. <laughs> extreme extreme mate oh man Ex really Ex yeah extreme and mr big 
So yeah, I, I, I really like the album. Wait, what's it? Waiting for the Punchline with Mike Mangini yeah. on drums. Yeah. That was a great album. Ollie's just a beast though, isn't it? Yeah, that's a fantastic <laughs> album. That's the one we're hip today on it, isn't it? I believe so. I'll have to double check. Oh, that's a good album. Yeah. But if you're looking at Birmingham, it, it's so varied. It depends on what you want to listen to. So if you want to listen to what's current and what's new, you've got bands like, um, you've got bands kind of like um, Goddamn, um, Youth Man. A band that I checked out a couple of weeks ago, actually, called um, Hum, H-U-M-M. They're absolutely wicked. they like a female guitarist who writes the most awesome, like, just groove riffs. They're really, really cool. So they were good. Um Bands like, oh, who'd check out? The Dirty Jane are really good. Um, Dirty Jane, friends of mine as well. They, um, they're they very much kind of like horror punk, but they're oh, wicked. Cool. Yeah, yeah, they're very kind of old school, but they're, they're really cool. So things like that. And then if you're into your metal scene, it depends what sort of metal you're into. So you've got bands like uh, Eradicator, which are very fresh. Um, they're wicked. Uh, what else you got? Um you got Gethica, they're really cool. And then you've got, um, if you like your kind of, uh, I used to depth for them actually, but they're wicked. And they're called Dekesis. They're kind of like um, like Norse metal. They kind of do power metal. But they're, um, they sing about Vikings and longboats. <laughs> which is really, really weird. But they're wicked. So they're, they're a few bands to, to check out from Brum. So they're like Norway via Birmingham. Pretty much, they just don't. They come off. They've recently come off a tour with Thunderstone. All right. Yeah, they're wicked, but they're they're just different. So it's female bass, female vocals, um, an absolutely phenomenal guitar player. I don't know where it, where it comes from. His hands are like spider legs, <laughs> and, uh, and, a, and a wicked drummer. So they're well worth checking out. Worth checking out. Well, tell me, you've in the nicest possible way. You've been round the block a few times, George. Yeah. What with Jester and all that. What advice would you give sort of new artists sort of coming out and releasing their music? Okay, right. So, me personally, it's split between the band. So, if I'm talking for the band, everybody has their own little outlet of experiences. So, for me, I would literally just say, just put everything you can into it. Don't Don't think commercially. Don't think, you know, this is in advance, this is what we have to do to make it. I think write what you want to write and just play as often as possible and just get your music out there. The, 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 uh, any way you can get your music to fans is amazing. You know, I mean, we sell our EPs and we do stuff like that, but if I, if I had my choice, honestly, I, wouldn't, I probably wouldn't sell it. I'd just throw it to anyone, especially at the early stages. You want as many people to listen to you as possible. Um, so that's my advice. But then if you want to go... If you want to go into my bandmate's advice, it really, really, really kind of changes. So for Ben, Ben has, ben has got like a guitarist. He's got a couple of kids. So he kind of just said, like, he's, he's been around a block more than me, you know, Mark. <laughs> and, I've done that. <laughs> and he said, I asked him that, I asked him a message, well, I asked him the question, you know, where would you do? What would you do? You know, and what's your advice to artists? So we've got, we got a few funny ones. Uh, I'll have to find Ben's one because it's absolutely hilarious. It was somewhat along the lines of um, advice for other artists. Get a job, have a family, lead a boring life, or be a musician and have your creativity slowly destroyed by everyone you meet until you realise you've wasted your life. <laughs> and all you've got to show for it is a few STDs and a mixtape. <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely brilliant. It's not true. Not true <laughs> at all. 
but no, so it, it depends. I, I would really just work hard. So enjoy it. Don't take it too seriously, but just gig and gig and promote and promote. Just throw your music out there any way you can. Yeah. Um, sites like Trade are brilliant for it. Um, you know, anything like that where you can kind of just put your music out there for artists to listen, well, for fans and artists to listen to. to listen and to. then, you know, try and connect with other people. The, the main thing we do is connect with bands when we're, when we're touring or gigging. We just, uh, we, we talk to bands and we're like, okay, you guys sound wicked. You're quite similar to us, which works. If we do a few gigs together, your fans come, our fans come, we'll make a little following. Wicked. So yeah. that's what we kind of, we kind of do ourselves. We're in the process of doing. So we're kind of like, um, we're just working with other people. We meet people on the road or meet people at gigs. And we're just like, you know what? If we go a few gigs together in a few months, let everything settle from this one. We can get another gig going together try and bring more people down and then all of a sudden you've got a little following of fans and if you do more gigs with those people they're more likely to turn up and bring their friends yeah too right and it's being down to earth it's being yourself as well yeah i mean musically as well as to other people you know because you've got to be yourself when you're making music you can't as you said before you can't just go okay well that musical genre is is the most commercial so i'll go down that way because your heart won't be in it well, that, do you know, and that's the reason that Jester disbanded is because we'd done everything we wanted to do, but we were more interested in getting extremely drunk and having a party rather than playing music. So when we joined Jester, we were like, you know what, we're going to try this. We're going to do something really commercial. We're going to make it work. You know, and then it's things like, you know, we, we've had, as Chemical Mojo, we've had our, our stuff picked up by Scus TV, Blank TV, people like that, and they want to play it. The reason they can't play it is because it's too long. Right. So the song is four, four and a half minutes, which is too long for TV and radio. So, you know, so we, we joined Jester and we're like, what we're going to do is we're going to write songs that are this long. We'll cut the solos out for the recordings, but we'll have them live and we'll blah, blah, blah. So we did all of that. And then we disbanded because everyone was just sick of trying to write a song for everyone else and not ourselves. Right. So, yeah, write for yourself. No matter what anyone says, it will work, you know, as long as you keep at it and you keep pushing. I'm, you know, I'm getting on a bit now and I... I still only play original songs and I, you know, I debt work for other artists that play original songs for the love of playing music and creating music and writing music. And I think that's where you've got to be. If you're in it just to make a load of money and, you know, be famous so everyone looks at you, you're probably in it for the wrong reason. Yeah. And also another thing I'd say is do your homework. Music business. At the end, that word business, you know, you have yeah. to know things that you're signing if you get an opportunity to sign something you have to have an idea of how it works oh yeah 100 percent. i um funnily enough that's what i have a degree and i studied that at um, a university and the only reason i did it it wasn't wasn't to get a, a great job being you know a music manager or anything like that i did it just to cover my own back so if ever that happened where you know we were with a face with a, a nice contract you know, I'd know kind of what I was looking at and what I was looking for. Yeah. So, you well, know, yeah. Oh, go on, George. I was going to say, just make sure you know what you're doing. Yeah, man. What I, I released a blog um, when the website came out. So if anyone is listening to this and wants to read that, work away, because I do add that as an element uh, within a blog post. Um, but it's sort of just knowing, you know, being aware that, you know, I mean, artists... The idea why Muso Trade is here 
is so artists get paid fairly. You know, that's why I created the website. I was fed yeah. up of seeing people paying loads of money to, in theory, hosting sites and not being paid enough. And that's the whole ethos behind Muso Trade. So artists get rightfully that they get the music that they are deserve uh, the music the, the money that they are deserved from their music. Yeah, and but, you can't you, you know you can't complain with that. Exactly, but if you're making money from your music, you've got to have an idea of the business that you are in because yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's you know the best. I mean, music is the best thing in the world. We all know that. But there is a business side to it. And as soon as you start making any money from it, you you are, in theory, in the music business. Yeah. So it's knowing your chops. It's knowing your chops on your instrument as well as the, the business that you're in, I guess. Hey, George. That's it. That's it, man. <laughs> We're bluffing through all that. Yep, yep, that's <laughs> yep, that'll do. <laughs> it's true, it's true. <laughs> cool, man. Well, um... That was great. And what I will do for the lovely listeners out there is I'm going to play a full track for uh, the song Open Up the Sky. And you've got a really cool video for this on YouTube where you've got uh, a stalker of the band. On the YouTube, yeah, we do. Yeah, she, do you know what? She was a mate of ours as well. And it, it, it kind of worked out a bit weird because um, we had a actress that was going to come down and do the work for us. She lives in London, but she's also a, a long-standing friend. Um, and last minute, she she got a, a job that was extremely more important than our video shoot, which we really don't blame her for. And she pulled out like three days before. So we just got in touch with our mate Jazz. was like, fancy doing a video shoot? She was like, yeah, sound. She had a venue. We still didn't have a venue at this point. She had a venue for us. We had, she had everything sorted within two days. So uh, it was wicked. <laughs> and who scratched out the, the faces on the picture? She did. Do you know she did. She yeah, was annoyed. Yeah, so... She wasn't getting paid enough from you guys. Yeah, pretty much to be fair. No, we 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 did it ourselves. So that video, we kind of uh, Ben um, Ben wrote the whole like kind of screenplay for the video. He had all the ideas. We uh, we we were quite lucky in the sense of uh, we we know a photographer, a, a photographer, a photographer in Birmingham called Tony, who's an absolute legend. Uh, he does everything for free as well, um, just because he loves music. And uh, and he knew some people that owned a venue in Birmingham that was free for the day. And he was like, yeah, I'll tell you what, we can go in there, we can shoot the video, like the first live part of the video, you can shoot it in there. We turned up, and the woman had no idea we were turning up. <laughs> Freaked out completely, because she had a gig on that day, and the, the band were waiting to load in. So she was like, she apologised because of miscommunication. And she was like, I'll tell you what, come back next week on a, on a Saturday, and you've got the whole day free of charge. Wow. So, yeah, so we were lucky enough to, to score that one. So we did the live stuff first. And all we, all we paid for for the whole shoot was we paid for the hire of the warehouse where we did the, the actual, like, acting part. We paid for the um, – we paid for jazz. We paid for a makeup artist to do the faces. And then we paid for um, the cameraman um, called Grant, who's an absolute legend. It, it worked out so cheap for that shoot, and, and it looks wicked in my eyes anyway. Yeah, it's a cool vid, man. It's really cool. It was so cold though, because we did it in winter, and that warehouse was freezing. And then obviously there's a bit, there's a bit where like jazz pours kind of vodka all over us, but it's not vodka; it's obviously water. Um, you couldn't have a swig in that all day, mate. You won't be able to. Act. So like, uh, we're all sitting there trying to act all kind of out of our faces, and she's pouring this water over us, which was ice cold. Oh, mate, 
it was horrible, but it's a wicked video. Yeah, it's cool. So, all you listeners out there, go on to uh, YouTube and type in Chemical Mojo, and uh, it should come up with Open Up the Sky, and check it out. It's a really cool video. So, I'm going to play the full track for you fine listeners uh, right now. So, but before I do that, Jord, thanks a lot for coming on. Thank you for having me, mate. It's been great. And, it's, uh, like, it's like old times again. Just like old times. We used to do a podcast <laughs> together and whatnot, so... Uh, yeah, it's just like old times. Although I'm I'm interviewing you now, man. I know, it's weird, isn't it? Oh, well, it's all good. Cool, thanks a lot, George, and uh, chat to you later. See you later, mate.
Inside. 